especially all the LSU Tiger fan dads only. Uh, just kidding. All the dads out there. Happy Father's Day from us here at Talking Tigs. I uh, hope you're having a good weekend. A uh, few things to get into this week. Nothing too heavy. Uh, it's pretty light for LSU now that, you know, all the seasons are over. Uh, but, you know, there's plenty of Tigers even after the season's over. Uh, definitely earning some mentions. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely give them their due. But before we do, uh, I just want to check in with you guys, the co-hosts, see how you're doing. Um, I think we got uh, one in Louisiana, one in Georgia, and now one in Texas this week, right? We're all over the place. Yeah, uh, coming to you live from the Dallas, Texas Metroplex area for the first time. Um, yeah, just visiting some some friends in the DFW area and yeah, going to Texas Rangers game tomorrow. Uh, so we had to, to move our regular podcast schedule, but coming at you early and uh, be back in the, the boot for next week's episode. Nice. Yeah, same old place. You know, not too much change in here. But yeah, it's good to be back with you again and talk talk about the news of LSU. It's a light week, like you said, but there's always something to talk about. Always is, yeah. I mean, even if it's just, you know, little tidbits here and there, but it's just it never seems to stop. But I mean, I, I guess um we could start with baseball because that's you know, the College World Series has it started uh, yesterday, so we've had some good games. Uh, I wanted to get a, into that a little bit if we if we have time for it. Uh, but you know, LSU's season is over, of course. Um, so they're moving on, uh, and so is Nolan Kane. He's actually going to be moving on to Texas A&M. I don't know what it is about A&M wanting LSU's coaches, but but here we go again. So LSU's recruiting coordinator, which has had very good success the last few years, as you've noticed, uh, and he's now you know off to A&M. So I, I guess you know they're just going to start over. He he probably saw the the writing on the wall, you know, because LSU has a, a coaching search going on, which is still ongoing. But Scott Woodward did have two interviews already. He interviewed Mike Bianco and Cliff Godwin, uh, but no offers were made. And I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think the obvious question is, A, you know, how much do you really have to vet Mike Bianco? But, uh, you know, Cliff Godwin as well. But still, it's like there, there's no offers that went out. So... I don't know. I'll throw it to you first, Tommy. I just thought that was very peculiar because, you know, you think, uh, you know, Mike Bianco, you know, he won a title here with Skip. Uh, he's gone on to have his own success at uh, at Ole Miss. And I don't know, you'd think maybe a, a pretty safe hire, but no offer went out. It's not like, they, you know, they're just discussing or he, you know, there's like a dispute with what's offered, but just no offer. I, what, I mean, what do you make of that? I'm actually not surprised because – I don't think either of those are, are I mean, would maybe maybe y'all disagree with me, but those aren't my top picks. I don't think those are the top. I mean, like, I think if if Corbin is in the running, which all indication says he is, everybody says he's interested, why would you not want the defending national champion of 2019 potentially could win another one this year? And so like I I mean, like, I'm glad we interviewed him. And I think I think that you're right. Um they say that uh that Bianco's like was Skip's pick to begin with. Like, I think even before hiring Maneri. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I heard that from somebody. But um, regardless, like, I kind of, uh, you know, I can kind of see where he's, he's had a really good run at Ole Miss and he's put together a good program, but I don't, but Ole Miss hasn't won a national championship. So if you've got a, if you've got a coach in the, if you've got a guy who's legitimately interested, which from what I've heard, from you know inside sources are that 
he's legit. Like he is totally interested. Like he wants to interview once it, once the season's over, like that Corbin wants to really strongly consider making the move. Why would you, why would you, you know, just for this, for uh, the sake or for three weeks of early, why would you, why would you not wait for that? Yeah. I mean, I can see if you were committing to one guy over the other, like one coach who's kind of on the waiting list could get upset that he's being maybe put on, put on hold for somebody else. Uh, but other than that, then, yeah, I guess it makes sense. You want to go through all your options. Um, but then again, you don't want to get left empty handed. Uh, but like you said, either Corbin or Godwin or probably two main candidates that I would like to see. And then like uh, Vitello or Bianco after that, um, we'll have to see how the world series shakes out. And I don't expect it to be anytime soon if they've already waited this long, you know, true. You might as well just stick, you know, hold your, your cards to your vest at this point you already have uh but i do think it's interesting it's like all the fans online especially the vandy and the tennessee fans they refuse to believe that their beloved coach would leave you know their respective schools and come to lsu like they get mad anytime it's mentioned you know if you just want a, a laugh you can just uh pearl you know the social media for that one but i also think it's interesting that you know there's no hushes there's no rumors or anything else out there it's like it's pretty quiet you know, like whoever might think they have a really good source. I don't know. Maybe that source is on lockdown or they just, they have nothing so far, right? It's pretty quiet. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the interviews with, with Bianco and Godwin were reported like, you know, on ESPN, like, so that was, and, and it was confirmed by, you know, Scott Woodward and everything. So it's not really, uh, you're right. Like there isn't a ton of, of inside baseball going on uh, around this hire, but, uh, that's why, that's why I, I mean, I think we talked about it before, you know, if I think we said last week, if you don't, if you don't hear a name probably by this week, the, that the coach who's get our coach is still playing. I think yeah. that with every passing day, it's more and more apparent that yes, our future coach is still playing right now. Yeah. And each fan base is looking at each other with know, like who that, it's know. like a Mexican standoff. Like, please no, don't let it be me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, I guess who, whoever's coming in, you know, I, the, the odds that they would, you know, retain Nolan Kane, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they would. Cause they, you know, they can see his work, but pretty much everyone starts over. Right. When they come. Well, in. Yeah. They're going to bring, you know, it's just like a football program. It's yeah. not that often that you're, uh, you're, you know, you come in and you keep all your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you know, all, all right. the things like that. So, um, good luck to Nolan Kane. I think I've, he's like you said, he's done a great job and I, I have some firsthand experience with, with not with him, but with dealing with people who, like on the recruiting aspect who have, who've dealt with him. And they've said that he's the best, like, you know, he's always talking to recruits, calling them weekly, keep, you know, wants to know what's up with them, like in their personal, you know, not personal, personal life, but like, Hey, how's school going? You know, Oh, that I remember you had a test last week. How'd it go? Do you do okay? How are your academics? So, you know, he's, he's definitely, um, he, he's one of the best ones. I'm kind of, I'm sad to see him go just cause he's such a good LSU guy yeah. and he's able to talk about it from the perspective of like, Hey, I'm a coach here, but also I'm, I, I played here. But, um, you know, like, like we said, if, if you're going to bring it, if it's a brand new, it, you know, brand new coaching staff, like they've got their, they've got their own guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then if, if there's any roster to kind of rebuild with a new coaching staff, this is probably it considering like the youth and stuff. So it's not like they've been so ingrained into a system for so long to where like you can't change and adapt to the new coach's ways. 
Um, so that'll be interesting to see if we like see any sort of overall team personality changes or like new rules, like the, the no beards thing that kind of went away, or if the team as a whole kind of takes a step one way or the other, or if it's just kind of the same old uh, as the the new institution kind of comes into effect next year. So I think that'll be one of the major storylines as well as the continued development of all the freshman talent that we have. Yeah. Cause you're right, Daniel. Cause it, I don't think it's like baseball's not as a, uh, it's not as like easy to see a big change like in football. You know, if you, if you've got a guy who's like a, like a, the less miles to, we'll just say like a less miles coached LSU team to the Joe Brady team. It's like those teams are completely different. The only thing that's similar about them is that their hel- helmets are yellow. But uh, in baseball, like, yeah, you know, you're, it's not like it's not going to be like, – they're still going to be hitting the ball. You know, like they're still going to line up and hold the ball and, you know, hold the bat in their hands and swing. But they're, But I think you're right. You could see a lot of changes, like maybe more emphasis on, um, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to hit for power. We're going to really, really – we're not going to steal bases. We're not going to bunt. We're not going to uh, try to do the tricky stuff and move batter, move runners along the bases. We're just going to try and hit for power because we got some of the best bats in the in the country. You know that I think that those are those are changes you could look for. Um, same thing with pitching. Like you know, hey, we're going to go out and try and get some of these huge arms that that some of the other SEC schools have in the bullpen. Um, I remember you know earlier this season, Maneri said. He was, you know, famous for saying, "Well, I don't know where they get these guys from." Well, maybe the new coach knows where to find them. <laughs> maybe he'll know where to get them. So <laughs> those the are, yeah, over. those are some changes to look for. But I don't think it's going to be as, um, you know, it's not like we're going to be going from a from a toss sweep or toss toss dive offense to an air raid. No, no, not at all. But I mean, speaking of the bats, I mean, look who you got coming back, man. Just Dylan Cruz. Uh, he was actually named to a to an All American. Uh, list uh, forgot to mention that. So did Landon Marceau. He was a third team All American. This was by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, and Cruz was uh, a freshman All America, of course. Uh, second team All SEC, though. I mean, I, I don't know how he wasn't first team, but obviously freshman All SEC recognition applies. But yeah, I mean, th- those guys coming back, whoever's coming's got just like a a, a packed cupboard full of talent. You know, pitchers too. Uh, you know, Javen Coleman. Uh, it's just going to be be crazy. Uh, I de- definitely want to send on our, our condolences to uh, Mikel Hilliard because his father actually passed away. I think it was uh, yesterday, mm. right? Yeah, it's just kind of out of the blue. And uh, he was, you know, there in the stands when they were uh, playing. So uh, just, you know, heart goes out to them. But uh, LSU is, you know, they, they, the cupboard is not bare. So whoever it is has, uh, has a lot of talent to work with. Um, but I don't know. Have you guys watched any of the College World Series? Have you been interested in that at all, or no? I'll be honest. I wasn't. I, I, I now that LSU's out, like I mean, I mean, I'll watch it, but I didn't watch yesterday. Right. Yeah, I haven't tuned in. I saw that Vanderbilt won in extra innings against Arizona, um, and then NC State won as well. Uh, Tennessee drops big against I think whoever they played. Plate a run. Yeah, Virginia. I think it was six to zero. So. I mean, I was kind of interested to see how the, the SEC teams will end up, especially since the powerhouse Arkansas is is now out. So I may tune in later towards like the championship series or something. But yeah, you're right, Tommy. It is kind of hard to just bite on a team if you don't really have a, a dog in the fight. Yeah, I know. I guess it's just, you know, with three SEC teams, like you said, you just kind of want to see how they fare against the other competition. Because uh, if you look at the map of where all the teams are from, it's just like a big 
smile from the East Coast down <laughs> to Texas and then back on up to uh, to Stanford, basically. And, yeah, it's like I, NC State looks really strong. I mean, they took out Arkansas on the road for, for goodness sake. And then, yeah, Tennessee didn't even get a run against UVA. It's interesting because both of those were not a national seed, I don't think. So they're just it just goes to show you that once you get to Omaha, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, even if LSU had won the Super Regional against Tennessee, which would have been another overachievement. Uh, yeah, once you get to Omaha, again, Fiona, unless you can win one out of the first two, you're you're going home. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if LSU could have could have uh, put up at least one run. <laughs> you would think so. Yeah, you know, you would think so. Uh, but I tell you what, LSU did put up, and that was another. Uh, Another nice basketball recruit in the way of Justice Williams. Uh, you gotta love that name too. He was a, a four-star guy. Uh, I don't know, Daniel. Do you do you follow the basketball recruiting as much as you do, uh, you know, the football? Do you have the football? Do you have any anything on this guy other than you know, just basically he uh, he was a four-star shooting guard, uh, like I said. Um, but he, yeah, I mean. Not a whole lot. He was a number three shooting guard in the country, 2022 class. So he won't be playing this year, but but next year. So he's the the best recruit that we got so far. Um, I think a top 40 overall player in the country, which is pretty good. And so definitely will be a, a key piece coming in there. I did see he plays uh, high school for Montverde Academy in Florida, which if you haven't heard of that, that's like kind of like the IMG Academy of basketball. Like it's kind of the destination basketball school. Like they basically run high school basketball, like in the country, like go to all the tournaments and win them. Uh, so if he's qualified enough to, to start for them, then definitely one of the top players in the country. And yeah. yeah, just refilling that roster, especially since we've got like some big men coming in on this year's class, like Efton Reed, the five-star. I actually saw a video of Reed, um, like dropping threes, like one after the other as like a seven foot two player, like pretty crazy. So I'm looking forward to see how he can play this year, but yeah, we're already in a top five recruiting class for 2022. So Will Wade kind of just does his thing. Yes, he does. And uh, speaking of Montverde Academy, I actually knew a guy that went there. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, just played sports together in college, uh, but he was actually from the Bahamas oh. and you're like he, you know, had other two guys that went to Montverde. They were from Spain. So it's it's definitely like like you said, it's like IMG. It's like it 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 doesn't matter. You can be from other countries. And if you can play a sport, like you can go to high school there. Mm -hmm. uh, probably even on scholarship. I, I don't know. But um yeah, it's it's crazy the uh, the amount of talent that they have down there. But um yeah, Will Wade still uh stacking up recruits, man. Nothing nothing stopping him. I don't think it will either. Uh, I think LSU might be in the mix to be a basketball. I don't know, men and women's like, when's the last time that happened? That'd be crazy. Um, but I mean, there was uh, some football news, right? Um, I guess nothing, you know, too late, you know, groundbreaking. There wasn't like a coaching hire we were waiting on. Although I think they did finalize uh, the, the offensive line coaches uh, contract and, and all that the board did. But um, other than that, not much. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, Derek Stingley, uh, Cade York, and Elias Ricks were named to the Walter Camp preseason All-American team. Uh, that's nice. They also said that UCLA, that game in uh, Pasadena, it's going to be full capacity, which is awesome. Uh, and LSU actually opened as a favorite as well. You know, I don't know how much of a surprise that would be. Uh, but uh, things are looking yeah, good. For the Tigers, full stadium and a favorite. Who knows? 
Yeah, I'll be looking it, forward to that game, seeing the, the Rose Bowl packed. Isn't a, is LSU a seven-point favorite? Four. Four, okay. Yeah. I think I like him at four. I don't know. I think we're yeah, going to be good this kind year. Of an unknown commodity. Yeah, we, I mean, it's you're right. Like, it's totally unknown, but I think that we will overperform. Uh, like, I think that whatever the expectation is of a, of a of an improvement from last year. So last year was like the baseline, like it's pretty much as bad as you can be, kind of, you know, generally. I think that we will overperform that, whatever it is in your mind. So generally speaking, I think LSU does pretty well in these kind of like marquee non-conference oh, yeah. games. Like I remember we got smacked up by Wisconsin one time, but like other than that, uh, we've beaten most like the premier opponents that we've played between like Texas, Miami, Oregon. Um, I don't know who else. Um, yeah, we yeah, probably was but, con- Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, yeah, well, when LSU has had to go west, uh, I remember when they played, uh, was that hurricane game that got moved i think it was uh yeah it was katrina when they moved the game to um arizona state uh, and they had to win on the road like with the last play of the game basically mm-hmm. uh that was by four i think then they had to play up in washington uh they played up at oregon state too i believe but all those are pretty close mm-hmm. like but just to you know, go out there on the west and win by more than that i think it'll be uh it'll be four or less unless lsu wins by you know 14 or more hmm that's so you don't you don't see LSU winning by a cool touchdown? <laughs> I don't. No. Um, the other thing that I don't know if y'all saw this, and, and I, if it's like a big, it's been a big speculation since, uh, I mean, pretty much since Derek Stingley stepped on the field the first year in nineteen. But there's there's a lot of talk right now about whether or not we're going to see him play offense. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I remember I got to ask Coach Coach O a question personally when I was at an event with him. And I, I straight up asked him, I was like, are we going to see Derek Stingley play, uh, play offense? This was prior to the 2020 season. And he said, at that, at that point, he said, no, I made a promise to his dad. He would, he, he would stick to uh, DB until his junior year. So obviously now it's his junior year. Everybody's kind of bringing that back up. Um, there's a lot of mixed, mixed feelings. You know, some people, some of these analysts, and some of the, the Tiger, you know, whatever pundits say, Oh, uh, you know, no, we don't want to do that. Don't waste his time. Don't don't risk him an injury. He needs to focus on being a cornerback. But I remember, and Coach O said it is an exact quote from him. He said, "You know, we got to wait till his junior year." But I think that I think we want to do it. I think he wants to do it. And I think if he if he does play on offense, he's got a chance to win a big award. Yeah, I saw that too because that was just like two weeks ago, and Orgeron was like on the the radio show, and he said, well, like the guy had asked him if Stanley was going to play offense, and he said that's up to him. We've discussed that he may try a little offense in fall camp, see how it works. Obviously, we like to use him, but it's that's totally up to him. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, the, the the chance is there if Stanley wants to take it, if he thinks that's the best way to go about showcasing his talents, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's going to play defense at the next level. Right. So, but still it's like mine, mine as well. Uh, I feel like that's the only reason Tyron Matthew, you know, was in consideration, not for offense, obviously, but you know, his punt returns. Like, yeah. He, he, he did well in some other phase of the game. So. And I, I mean, I, and again, like it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's crazy to say it, but that was 10 years ago. <laughs> and like Tyron Matthew, the only reason Tyron Matthew was invited to, to New York was because of uh you're right because of his his Heisman moments which were pretty much you know like the the I mean he had so many highlights so many just like big plays 
but they want to see touch touchdowns. They, they're not going to bring a guy up there and give him the Heisman if he has no points to his name. So, and I think everybody, you know, singly understands that the coaches understand that. And so I guess, I, I think that's really the only reason you play him at offense. It's not like, I mean, he's, if you put him in, if you put him in, you have him play some sort of receipt, like either a slot or a wide receiver. You're not going to, it's, you're not playing in there because you don't, because you're just so, so thin at receiver and you just have no talent. Like we've got some of the best receivers in the country. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think really the only reason you do it is if he, is if he's like, I want to try for this. I think I can, I think I can, I have the brand, I have the name recognition. I've got the swag and the, and the, the play on the field. And all I need is a few touchdowns to my name to be able to, to really like cement myself and put myself in the running. That's why I think you do it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Because like as a shadow corner, the highlight, the best highlight for you is just running with the guy and the ball doesn't even come your direction. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't make for a very good video to tape. Even like a defensive player, like in and Sue, like making the Heisman finalists, like he's blowing people up on the line and dropping quarterbacks and getting strip sacks. Uh, it's just better viewing, I guess. Yeah. But do you guys think this means he won't also still return punts as well i almost don't want him to return i i'd I'd rather see him have like a special package on offense and score a few touchdowns like that than return punts because i i just i'll be honest i haven't been impressed with his punt return and maybe maybe there's something it does i don't know i know for a fact in 2019 they basically said just catch the ball you know like it doesn't matter look well you've got the best offense in the country like you catch the ball just field it and we'll do the rest Right. But last year, and I know he was injured for a little bit. It just didn't, it doesn't feel like he's as explosive as I thought he'd be off of the punt return. Mm-hmm. There was right. a thread on Tiger droppings just a couple of days ago. It's like, do you think we will see Derek Stingley ever score a punt return touchdown for LSU? And I guess there's only really one season left. So if I had to think, I'd probably say no. He hasn't shown that at this point. It's weird to me, though, because he's so, he reminds me so much of Patrick Peterson. And I mean, Patrick Peterson could take one back at any point. Um, I don't know. And it's not like he's slow. It's not like he's not shifty. It's not like he doesn't have the, the ability. It's just weird. It doesn't, it's just something doesn't, doesn't line up. Like I, I, I remember watching Trey Palmer return punts and being like, okay, that's the guy who needs to return punts. Right. Cause it's just like within that first second or two, you know, that's, that's where you, you make your break. And it's, it's either you make like, if you make like one to two people miss, and you're fast enough, it's over. Yeah. And like he's fast enough. I believe he can he can make people miss. It, I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, it's you could say it's like it always seems like the time, like right as he catches it, there's somebody right there. Like he, he never really has any room to breathe, basically. Yeah. But like even when he has, it's you know, it's like you said, it seemed like other guys could uh could, could make something happen with that much room but like um, what's the longest punt return of it we've ever seen in half oh i don't know that i i, I mean like i think I, now wait daniel do you remember when we went and saw him at the spring game or like the, when he was like a basically a senior in high school didn't he return one then yeah he like oh wait no they don't the, even the, well no he like broke past the defense it was kind of just like a half like they don't even like they don't play. actually i mean like in the spring game they don't even try that yeah <laughs> on punt returns i don't know it was more explosive on the interception they caught on yeah. that one yeah uh i don't know do you, do you guys have any other uh football f- news that you heard about or was that pretty much the gist i think um, that was mostly it i think that's about it you know we're we're what like 
a month away from fall camp starting. Yeah, two July. months from the actual season. Yeah. So and that's, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just strength and conditioning, you know, until then. Oh, by the way, I guess we should mention that um, longtime LSU uh, God, Jack Marucci, the guy's been there for about 25 years now. Um, but he, he just got elevated to the director of performance innovation at LSU. And if you've never heard that title before, it's because I don't think anyone's really had they made it title. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to uh, put this guy somewhere. Yeah. Well, we got to elevate him, but there's nothing to elevate him to. So they made a position so he could oversee everything, but it's basically, he went from the director of athletic training for 25 years. Um, but he's been focusing on sports science, trying to develop, you know, new ways for, I guess, student athletes to prosper in their respective sports as far as the competitive uh, nature goes. Um, I mean, he created uh, a line of baseball bats for the baseball team, which they proudly use. Uh, looked like it, you know, didn't hurt Dylan Cruz too much this year. Uh, he, he did pretty well with it. Uh, but he's, I don't know, I, I think there's something about this, this uh, you know, this guy in this new position to where if it can overlook all LSU sports and enhance all of it based on the science needed for each particular sport, you know, and diet and all that, which is also part of it, uh, I think uh, that could just be good for everybody. Um, they, they said they, he, some, one of the recent projects he had helped elevate, elevate the football team, uh, because they had put, you know, some tracking testing in like the helmets to, uh, measure speed on the field impact and things like that. And, uh, it, it helped them, uh, helped them work on their passing and receiving, uh, best, best in uh, school history in 2019, uh, if you don't remember, but I don't know, like you said, Tommy, I think they just made up the position, but. I think it could be a good thing moving forward. Everyone could benefit. I mean, they, they just got this brand new, you know, nutrition and center and football ops building and all that. So why not have some good, good scientist that's been there for 25 years to, uh, to enhance it even more. Yeah. I mean, I think also that the practical, uh, at least I would guess the practical thing about this, this title change or whatever is um, there's so many rules about like how many, like how many trainers can you have? How many of this can you have? How many of that? And, you know, it's like they always, it's like the whole rule of, um, it's like you can only have a certain number of on-field coaches. And so that's why they, that's the, they get the loophole of like the, the 15 off-field analysts. They bring on all these analysts. So I wonder if it's something where Coach O or, or the athletic department in general is like, okay, like we want to bring in this guy or we want to bring in another, like another trainer type person. But we also don't want to like, lose jack marucci because he's been here for 30 years and he does great stuff for us so we're going to promote him and then that gives us another spot that the ncaa is okay with us filling so i wonder if it's something like that i wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of weeks you know they hire some some other guy to be a, a, a some sort of trainer right. yeah and it could also have to do with the fact that with the success of marucci base baseball now being like a national brand like he's become like nationally recognized like for his stuff so associating him kind of higher up in the department could bring some sort of like prestige and allure to LSU because I mean besides baseball athletes people are like oh like they've got this guy who knows what he's doing he's built a good brand and he can like make some cool stuff not in like the, the Willy Wonka of sports <laughs> items but uh, like, like he can cook something up and uh, help you out so um it's got to be at least pretty exciting for some recruits to say like oh LSU's got the best tech the best gear and and innovation across um, their different departments so hopefully he can make something work for him 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, who knows? It, it could probably help the track and field team too. Not that they need it. Uh, Do you guys see that uh, two former LSU, basically, you know, athletes uh, are going to Tokyo for the Olympics? Uh, Shikari Richardson, of course, for track and fields. Um, she won her heats in the in the hundred meter, and then swimmer Brooks Curry also qualified for the Olympics, and he he does the hundred meter freestyle. Uh, so congrats to them. I don't know if you saw this picture from Brooks Curry, but <laughs> he's on he's on stage with some other medalist, and he's in shorts with a big old tiger logo on him. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, he, he said he said he made them himself. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where you would order these to begin with, but uh, good on him. He's got his LSU shirt on too, proudly. So, uh, congrats to both of them. Going to see some tigers in the Olympics. That's kind of cool. I don't know, Shikara Richardson. She might uh, she might equal what uh, Florence Joyner, Flojo did back in the back in the day, back in the '90s Olympics. So that could be cool. She could win the gold. Yeah, I think she's got like the, the second best time in the world right now. She's got this bright yeah. orange hair. Uh, you'll be able to see her on the track. But yeah, good to see the Tigers and pretty excited for the Olympics. Hopefully it actually goes on with all the somewhat kind of controversy they've had surrounding that. But I think it'll be a good thing uh, for people, you know, across the world to look forward to and, and enjoy and celebrate kind of coming together and, and seeing some great athletes. So we may have a little bit of coverage on that when it, time comes next month. Yeah, and I don't know if they had ultimately decided whether or not they were going to have fans at all these events did they did i think, they, I think they not for the most part no which is too bad but um yeah because there's the a lot of japanese people were upset about the olympics and generally just like bringing in these people from all over the world at the covid risk basically just coming in and having their big olympics party and then rolling back out and leaving them with the the bill and have to deal with the the mess uh, hopefully it won't really come to that but um <laughs> I think it'll still be a, a good spectacle to see uh, as it usually is. Yeah. For us. Cause we, we sit on TV anyway, you know, it's not, yeah, all we just get the primetime viewing. They, they like change the tape delay for Americans to watch. Yeah. But just the, the whole point of getting the Olympics in your city is a, cause it's, it's a phenomenal thing to host. You know, the whole world's watching you. It's a cool feeling having been in Atlanta when they had it. I, I know that, but also it's, the city spends a lot of money to get just to get, you know, in the, in the discussion of hosting Olympics. And if you get it, uh, that's supposed to bring like billions to your city. So I can yeah. know where they're coming from. You know, they're expecting, you know, years ago when this was decided, cause it's decided what four or eight years out, uh, you're, they're expecting billions of dollars, but if you say, yeah, no fans. So, okay, well, that's where all our revenue was going to come from. That's what we were going to pay for all these stadiums for guys. You know, yeah. uh, but now they're stuck with it. I guess maybe the more there's more ad revenue, maybe they work some out differently that way. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Are you going to um, go? I mean, maybe it's hard to plan seven years out. But, I'd love um, to. Yeah, who knows what virus will be around then, but that, that would be cool. LA, it'd be a horrible city to get around during the Olympics. I mean, it was mm-hmm. back in 84, but, you know, 30 something years later, it'd still be difficult. But it, It'd be a good host town, nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I, I can only imagine. And you know what's crazy is that for the Olympics, there's all this, these rumors of all these athletes, you know, like getting together on Tinder or whatever, you know, because all these people coming all over the world, and you're like, hey, I'm an Olympic athlete. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I see you're only like 500 yards from me. Let's be <laughs> I wonder how that's going to be now with all this, this COVID stuff, because he's 
Exactly. Have fun allowed. Focus on the events, huh? But anyways, uh, I don't. Do you guys have anything else you want to drop, or we uh, we wrapping this one up? I think it's about it for for me. Um, you know, slow week, quick pod, but still good stuff. Yeah. Wrap it up then. Good one. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. Uh, that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. Hopefully, we'll have some more news on a, a coaching search, depending on what happens in the College World Series, I guess. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll wait. will lend another four or five star as the week goes by. And, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe another Tiger will make the Olympics. We'll see. We'll have it for you. Uh, but until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Talking Tigs.